0: Now, this is not live, right? No, this it's not live. Not. We'll listen to it and edit, edit <laughs>
1: if we need to. Yeah. Well, we're recording already. So, welcome oh, back. <laughs> welcome back to the Beyond the Dojo podcast. I'm Lauren. I'm Jeremiah. And you're listening to episode 30. We've made 30. it a pretty yeah. long way in like, I don't know how many months we've been doing this, but. Dirty 30. 30. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, today yeah. is going to be a super fun episode because we actually have our third round of guest guess singular because we only have one guest this time normally we have more than one um we have with us sam jaquinta and uh cool cool background on sam so i met sam when i was nine years old at our old dojo and sam was notorious for being terrifying <laughs> particularly <laughs> to uh, to younger people which he still is well he's still terrifying to younger people <laughs> now they, they giggle at him sometimes now but but back in the day especially um We were definitely scared of Sam for good reason because he was very intense and um, he brought a, a whole new perspective on training. Every time he came in to teach, we always knew we were going to be drilled into the ground that we were going to be holding stances for very long periods of time (laughs) and that we were going to be dying for water by the end of class (laughs) he's shaking his head but it was yeah it was pretty intense but it's great memories now at the time we just definitely were not happy about it so sam actually lives an hour south of us here in bushnell so he comes up you've been coming up every other thursday for how many years sam uh probably
2: 20 years. 20 years? Yeah. yeah.
1: And what's so cool is that he's continued, even though we're, like, I've taken over now and we're in a different location, he still comes up and helps with teaching and all that kind of stuff every other Thursday. So he's been a great uh, a, a great member of our community and a great help and just Absolutely. provided a lot of wisdom and insight for us. So
0: He's definitely one of our elders, right?
1: Definitely one of our pillars of this <laughs> community.
0: <laughs> uh, well, my, my story with Sam is a little bit different. Um, the dojo I took over in Ocala is actually originally Sam's. He started it back in the mid-80s, and from that point on, trickled through his students till it got to me. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Yay. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So I knew of Sam before I ever met Sam. Yeah. Uh, But when I came down to Bushnell, I think it was, um, we had closed down for spring break one year, and the guy that was running the dojo up there had closed down, and I wanted to train. Mm -hmm. So I had reached down to Bushnell Dojo and asked if I could come train, and happened to be on a Thursday night with Sam. Mm -hmm. And I learned, I met him there, and it was kind of cool because old school guys are, you know, yeah. A rare breed sometimes, and it's good to be around him. So that's how I initially met Sam, but from that point on, it's been very interesting to train with him because of his unique attitude
1: yes. and personality. <laughs> oh, You're definitely one of a kind, Sam. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, you started the Ocala Dojo in 81?
2: Uh, Actually, 83. Yeah. 83. Right. Uh, I actually moved to Ocala in, uh, let's say, 81. Mm-hmm. Uh, really 82 Mm -hmm. and then i did uh, demographics i did uh, a 13 week introductory course at a church Mm -hmm. okay a a church that i actually wound up uh, becoming a member but i had a little map and everybody that showed up for 13 weeks i had little pins that i put in the map to see where they came from because demographics were important if i was going to start a school to see where the people came from
3: yeah
2: so i wound up starting a school in 83 Mm -hmm. okay at a racket Okay, oh, yeah. and uh, at that time, uh, before I started the, the uh, club, I found out, well, there was uh, a Joe Harper, okay, I was a friend of Craig Shaving, which were two people that uh, I knew from karate. I'd known Schaefer all the way back to probably 60, 60, 68, okay, but anyhow, uh, we said, hey, uh, let's start a club, and so I was the chief instructor, and Craig was my second, mm-hmm.
3: and
2: Harper was helping. And that's how we started the club. So We ran the club, okay, not for profit. Okay. We just charged enough to pay for the certificates and belts and things of that nature. Yeah. And uh, of course, this was after I had done a 13-week program and uh, had people. So the club was great. You know. Yeah. Just trained until uh, I had to relocate, Mm. and then I left the club. uh, I left the club. Okay. Uh, I don't know who. Actually, uh, it was either Kaiser or. Let's see, uh, t- Tim Carter. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, guess Carter. I, I think yeah. I think Harper was there. Uh, he was a special law enforcement uh, agent. Who worked yeah. for the governor. Okay, but he relocated too.
3: Yeah.
2: So then I kind of lost track of those people, and I went to uh, Dublin, Georgia. Yeah. Okay, and found a school there and started teaching there. So. Yeah.
1: Well, to yeah. me, it's really cool that you started that club in Ocala, and it changed hands, changed hands until it ended up in Jeremiah's hands. And then you're great friends with Les, who started the dojo down here in Bushnell. Well, it was in Center Hill originally, yeah. but in Sumter County, and it changed hands to me. Right. So then we ended up together. So <laughs> it's, it's funny how uh, how things kind of work out and well,
2: stuff. Well, now that you mention it, uh, when I was running the club in uh, Ocala, yeah, okay, uh, I knew Les from uh, the original Florida Karate Academy in Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Les started training in 1972. Yeah. And, uh, of course, he relocated to Center Hill and uh, Bushnell, et cetera. But while I was running the club, Mm. I kept in touch with Les. And then, uh, periodically, I would bring my students down to train at his club. Mm. And he would bring his students up to my club. Oh, my gosh. that's So so we kept in touch that way. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting.
1: That's funny because we did the same thing for a while. Yeah. Um, so let's see here. So Jeremiah, I know you wrote down a bunch of questions for Sam. Do you want to ask him the first one?
2: Yeah, what I would like to know is, um, Sam, tell us your story. Tell us your karate story. Okay, Uh, my karate story. Okay, Uh, in uh, high school, okay, I was an athlete. I played football and I ran track, okay, and I was very successful at that. But then when I I graduated high school, uh, I relocated uh, to Florida. And when I was in Florida, okay, uh, unfortunately, or fortunately, I guess it's fortunately, (laughs) I got caught in a uh, rainstorm, okay, uh, leaving work. And I had to run from my place of employment to my car. And when I got in my car, I was huffing and puffing. I couldn't believe how terrible shape I was in. Uh, At that time, I was smoking cigarettes and drinking. Uh, Not heavily, you know, in moderation. (laughs) But I said, this is terrible. So uh, the next day at work, Okay, I started chatting up with a couple of guys that I knew and said, hey, let's let's find something we can do that would get us back in shape, okay? So as a group, and there were actually six other people, so there was a seven of us, kind of a magic number. <laughs> okay. Anyhow, we found different places to go and see what they had to offer, okay? We went to, uh, you probably don't recall this, but Vic Taney, okay, uh, had a bunch of string... Uh, 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 like, not gymnasium, but the weight training, uh, red carpets, chrome weights and all this. And we went there and hey, that looked exciting, or oh, very expensive, so we okay, we put that in our back pocket. So we went to some place, uh, they had Swedish uh, health spas at that time where you could go in, a, uh, I guess it was a sauna, and they, had, they could beat you with little <laughs> sticks or something like this. And, oh gosh, that, was, uh, that wasn't really uh, appealing. We wound up up in Lauderdale by the sea, okay, on a second story place, there was a karate school there. When we went in there, there was all these guys in uh, like a spread-eagle position, you know, and they like doing a split, and there's this guy, uh, he had a hook nose, his name was David Kaufman, okay, it turned out he was a Jewish fella, and he happened to be a Nidan, that he got his Nidan in the Air Force in Japan, okay, so he was a head instructor there. And these guys are each knee, and they have pools of perspiration down on the floor between their legs where they're just, oh, it looked like they are getting killed. Okay, how much? Five dollars. Five dollars a week.
3: Ooh, ooh, this was
2: cheap and it was good. Well, I started, okay, on Pearl Harbor Day, which happened to be a Monday, in 1966.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: Okay, within six months, okay, I was the only one left of the seven. Mm-hmm. And that's how I began, okay? Mm-hmm. And from there, the, the club lasted at that location probably for a year, year and a half. And then uh, we actually uh, moved the location to Wilton Manor's. And a fellow and I uh, went down, it was a, a kind of a, uh, it was a hardware store that had a sub floor in it. Like it was like a half story up. He and I went in there uh, with leather gloves Okay, and we demolished the place. We did beside I and broke down doors, <laughs> and yeah, we cleaned the place out, and we built a beautiful dojo, mm-hmm. okay? So we were there probably uh, up until 68, uh, okay? And uh, we had a membership that we were creating, and then we said, well, uh, we need a Japanese instructor. So we contacted JKA in Japan, and mm-hmm. at that time, they were exporting people, <laughs> okay, from their instructor school. And we actually got we uh, yoweki on a two-year contract. So Oops. he came and joined our club in 1968. Okay, and we trained, and we trained, and we trained, and we trained, and at that time it was very old school. So many, many repetitions, okay, many repetition, doing kata with people on your shoulder, things that were just almost, we thought almost, not very humane, okay? <laughs> but anyhow, I trained uh, there uh, five, six, seven times a week, okay, until uh, I graded for Shodong in April of 1970. So I made my first degree bike belt under U.I.K. Mm-hmm. And from then to now, okay, it was just a big tapestry of all kinds of history. So mm-hmm. that's how it started for me.
0: For those who don't know, Yueki is the current chief instructor for the JK Japanese Karate Association, the largest association of karate uh, in the world. So he's that's a, kind of... He's the chief instructor? I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, he's the chief instructor. Yueki yeah. Sensei is the chief instructor. So, Or recently, I believe he still is. Um, that's kind of cool to yeah. have a showdown from the main guy. Yeah, yeah. Back before yeah. he was the main guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, the interesting thing is, is at that time it was four, four and a half, maybe five years to get showed up. Yeah. Okay, but uh, I actually made short on three and a half years. Nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, because of the rigorous training and the multiple sessions every week, so. Yeah. Great,
1: yeah. How long were you at Florida Karate Academy before you ended up going elsewhere?
2: I was at the Florida Karate Academy until I actually um, uh, did an overseas assignment in 81.
1: Oh, I wow, so you were there a long okay, time. Okay, so
2: I was there from, Well, the whole organization from 66, okay, until 81, Mm -hmm. okay. Now, of course, uh, after Yuecki left after two years, uh, we uh, imported another instructor, (laughs) Shinguru Tukasha, Mm -hmm. okay, who not only brought a great skill level, but uh, he brought a whole different attitude with him uh, than Mm Yuecki, okay. uh, Yuecki was the epitome of what we thought martial arts should be, okay, Mm -hmm. humble attitude, striving, yeah. hard training, okay? But Takasha brought uh, kind of an elitist attitude and mm-hmm. he was with us for a year and a half, okay? And then he decided that he needed the club himself. He needed to call it his club. Uh. So uh, we didn't, uh, since it was a nonprofit organization, we just couldn't give up the club. We tried to explain to him that we'd have to dissolve the club, okay? Uh, get rid of all the assets. And then uh, he could take over the club. Mm-hmm. Well, Dan Mertens, our kind of business manager at that time, uh, had a great dislike for Takasha, and mm-hmm. he would not rent him the mm-hmm. area. Mm-hmm. So Takasha left and started his own dojo out in Plantation, another another village or small community mm-hmm. west of us. And unfortunately, he took a great percentage of our students. Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. so we were left with uh, we had John Baranowski mm-hmm. and myself, Herschel Goodwin, They're, a lot of names that probably people would recognize, and we continue to continue to train. You know? yeah. yeah.
1: So then, so then, did that group, did that group continue on separately, or did they end up dissolving eventually? Which one? The the group no, that no. continued Before on.
2: the Academy, they actually uh, relocated, okay, because it turned out uh, that uh, some of the old core, old people, well. I'm old now, but mm-hmm. all those guys were my kind of my age, maybe a little bit older. No, mm-hmm. I think we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, they turned into a, a senior group, mm-hmm. okay, and so they ran a very small dojo with mm-hmm. John Baranowski as they had instructor for years, and I believe they still have an organization. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's very small, and it's really,
3: you
2: know, old guys, yeah. old guys from the old school type of thing, and so they're they're still there.
1: Yeah. So when you left, you went overseas. Did you go straight to Ireland or did you go somewhere else?
2: No, I went to Ireland. And uh, of course, uh, uh, karate was in my blood. Mm -hmm. And I found that I lived in a village called uh, Cove. It was 18 miles outside of Cork. Mm -hmm. I tried to find out, hey, is there any karate going on here? Mm -hmm. And it turns out there was a local instructor. Her name was uh, Sheila. Okay, and it turns out that all women in Ireland or called Sheila's, okay. But <laughs> her name was really Sheila. I forget what her last name was, but she was like a, a show don. Uh, maybe she was a needon, and she was teaching a small club there. But she said she was affiliated with uh, John McCormick, okay. Who I think is a son don teaching in St Francis Hall in Cork City. Mm-hmm. So I drove 18 miles into Cork, mm-hmm. met John, and he invited me to train. So I trained, and uh, it was great. A big hall, and of course, I wasn't used to the weather in Ireland, Mm -hmm. okay, and it's always 40 to 70 degrees there, so we just trained very, very hard, and then he asked me if I would be willing to help assist with the training. Mm -hmm. So I started uh, going in uh, twice a week, okay, 18 miles from my village in there, and I was teaching in St. Francis Hall. Now, we had probably maybe 120, 125 students. Huge, huge hall. okay? (laughs) And uh, they let me have two assistants, okay, because there were so many people in so many ranks that I would holler, ee," okay, and or I'd say what we're going to do. And so the other instructors would be spaced further down so they could make sure everybody knew what we were doing. Pass do. it along? <laughs> wow. Right, that's and then pass big. it on. And so I have a picture someplace that shows us all in the kibbidach, okay, mm-hmm. doing.
3: Punch,
2: eat, knee, sign, and you can't see really in the photograph, but all of us had columns of steam, okay, <laughs> coming out of our guitars because mm-hmm. it was it was cool enough to make you know steam, you might say. So that was great. John McCormick was a great instructor.
3: Uh-huh.
2: Uh, through him, I met uh, Tiki Donovan out of England. Mm-hmm. And then uh, while I was actually there, I actually uh, graded for. Uh, let's see, was it there? Yeah, I graded for Nida
3: mm-hmm.
2: under uh, Kawazawi, mm-hmm. Okay, we had Kawazawi came over from England, and uh, I trained it was six months under him. Okay, and then I had the opportunity to uh, grade for Nida, mm-hmm. which I had attempted three other times. Okay, mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. under Takasha and Koyama and Makami, but uh, unfortunately Takasha didn't uh, have a liking for me because he found out I started on Pearl Harbor Day. And it turned Tell out. us that story. Yeah. That's a story worth telling. Oh, yeah. Well, we were in the, uh, the, the, uh, the dressing room, and Takashi said, how long, how long you train? I said, oh, I, I started in 1966. Oh, when you start? I said, uh, December 66. He said, when in December? And I said, uh, December 7th. And he looked at me and he said, Pearl Harbor Day? I said, well, I guess coincidentally it was Pearl Harbor Why Pearl Harbor Day? I said, well, it was a Monday, they were starting all new students, hmm, hmm. Well, I found out later, of course, that uh, his parents were killed, okay, on Pearl <laughs> Harbor Day when we bombed Japan. <laughs> okay, and he thought, from that moment on, I had some ulterior motive in learning karate. Okay, so from that point on, for the next six months, I took a severe training under Takata. That was unfortunate, but um, a hard training always uh, uh, cultivates some skill perhaps that you didn't have before. Such as one time uh, he came in uh, late, okay? We were all dancing around in the uh, locker room. Uh, We only had our supporters on in cups. And he looked at us he says, why, why you have this? And one of the guys kind of tapped on the cup and said, oh, we have to have protection. And he said, Very bad idea. We said, what? Why bad idea? He said, "Uh, no confidence in block. So he left. And so we said, ah, no confidence in block. So we all stripped off our supporters. (laughs) So we went out there, and every one of us, he kicked us in the groin, and as we were groveling on the ground, oh, he would say, ha, no confidence in block. No block, no block. Okay, well. From that point on, I never wore a Supporter. (laughs) And all the tournaments tournaments I fought in, okay, no Supporter. And to this day, okay, uh, when I trained this morning, (laughs) nothing, nothing, okay? And you wouldn't believe the looks I would get when I would go to a seminar or something or all the guys would be changing together and they would look and I'd just slip on my key pants. Nothing. (laughs) Bare ass the <laughs> but,
1: It's probably because you're naked, Sam. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. Sorry, uh, yeah, I was naked. Yeah. <laughs> but I have great confidence in my life. <laughs> I bet <betcha. laughs> you. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you tested for Nidon under um, Takashina and Koyama, what, what Did they give you any explanation after the exam why they did not pass you? Oh
2: yes, yes. Uh, And uh, this was always a mystery to me. Okay, I think the first time uh, I I tested and uh, um, I didn't pass, uh, Takasha said to me, my back foot uh, was off about three or four degrees and I had to make my foot a little bit straighter. And that was the point he made.
1: That's ridiculous.
2: Then the next time, and I was under, uh, Takasha and Makambi. Mm-hmm. okay next time it was Takasha and uh, Koyama mm-hmm. okay and then I didn't make it and then he commented that uh, what I needed to work on was that my uh, when I was in my uh, fighting stance, my draw hand okay was rotated a little too much. So I had to make that correction. okay uh, The third time, okay uh, his comment was that my uh, lead hand, Okay, my elbow was too far from my body. Okay. That uh, was
1: Takashina making these corrections every time?
2: Yes, oh, Takashina was always <laughs> making these corrections. And so I talked to John Baranowski, who was also helping teach at that time, and he said, Sam, uh, don't test again. I said, why? He says, because is never gonna give you need on. Okay, if he does give you needon, it's because he's tired of seeing you test again. <laughs> so you don't know whether you earned it Okay, or he just gave it to you. So at that point, I stopped testing. Mm. So I didn't test again. Uh, this probably was an 83, oh yeah, I didn't, time. no, uh, no. It uh, was oh, 73, 74, uh, early to mid 70s, before he left, okay, to start his own school.
1: Mm-hmm, the okay.
2: next grading I did was in, Ireland under out on the Okay, gotcha. And that, that was kind of interesting because uh, I had graded Okay, a knee on test, and then uh, they had this fellow called uh, Joe Legs, Joe McDonald, and mm-hmm. they call him Legs McDonald because mm-hmm. he had these really long legs. Great kicker. Well, he was going for show Okay, and they called me up to spar with him, and so here he and I are matched off, and uh, he caught my front leg. Okay, uh, he did like a sweep. Okay, and so I'm falling backwards. Okay, and he's the next move for him was to step in and yakuzuk me when I'm on the floor. Well, as I fell, I did a Mawashigari and it was ribs. Mm-hmm. Okay, and at that point, Koyama uh, screamed, Stop, 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 stop. And he jumped over the table He came over, he helped me up off the floor, and he looked at me and he looked at uh, John McComb. He said, Where are he from? He said, He's from the States. He said, Oh, good. Need to understand fighting spirit and mind. Okay, no idea of defeat. Mm-hmm. And he said, please, demonstrate again. We did it two more times where he sweeped me and I fell and the round kicked him to demonstrate the technique. He said, mm-hmm. And he commented that this is very good, mm-hmm. okay? No idea of defeat, always thinking of fighting. Yeah. Okay, so later after the test we go up and uh, of course Joe McDonald made his um, Mm-hmm. And then it was my turn, I had my little yellow book. And he looked at me, and he looked at my card. He said, I think I give Nidan, mm-hmm. and he stamped my little stamp. Mm-hmm. So I got Nidan, Aww. okay? And that was in 82, December of 82. Okay, then I anxiously awaited when I came back, because I came back to the States, uh, no certificate, no, no certificate. Mm. I had paid my fee, but no certificate, mm. no certificate. Uh, I have a certificate, my original shodan is on rice paper. on Nishama, on uh, uh, Nakayama, all these nice things, are beautiful. You know, you've seen those type mm-hmm. of certificates. Mm-hmm. Oh, where am I Nidan? So, I'm at a summer camp in 93, okay. Oh, wow. 93, still in mm-hmm. so I'm having dinner with uh, Nishama, and I, I tell him my story. I show him my little yellow book from Ireland with Koyama's stamp, uh, at this time now, uh, the organization in uh, Ireland had joined now the new organization called ITKF. Mm. Okay, you have JK, you have ITKF, you have AAKF, then mm. ITKF. So I told him, he said, oh, because actually Koyama now was the equivalent of Nishiyama in mm.
3: Europe. Oh, okay.
2: So he said, uh, Koyama? Kaozoi. No. Uh, uh, Kauzoi. Kauzo. Who did I say? Koyama. Yeah, no. Kauzoi. Yeah. yeah, no. Uh, Koyama is uh, Arizona. Arizona, <laughs> yeah. Arizona. was yeah. the one that,
1: March, that yeah. s- right. signed yeah, off for your Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah.
2: So I got my name mixed up. But anyhow, he said, I fix. Okay, well, next year when I went to the camp in 94, uh-huh. okay, Nishan was there and he smiled. He said, I have something for you. Hmm. And I have this huge certificate, ITKF okay, with all the stuff in there for need on and all the signatures on that. So, oh, yeah, I do have that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. awesome. Uh, well, one thing that's always been confusing to me, uh, uh, in ninety seven, ninety eight, I was training in St. Petersburg, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a club that was affiliated with ISKF, okay, on the Kanazawa.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, the Kanazawa, okay, came to the States, and he does a tour, you know, And so I I trained, okay, uh, with Mm Kanazawa, okay. Well, Brian Fay, the guy that uh, ran that club, okay, after Kanazawa came and went, okay, uh, they had a little ceremony at his club and he presented me with a certificate, okay, of promotion to Godan. Mm -hmm. So I have this certificate, Mm -hmm. okay, that says uh, under their organization I'm Godan. Mm-hmm. And oh, it's always been mystifying to me, how can, okay, a Shotokan organization, okay, see such a difference? Now, of course, this was in 98.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I then made Nidan in 82.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: I've been training all those years. Mm-hmm. So uh, in my mind, okay, uh, I think it was more of a, a time and service, that kind of thing, or honorary, okay? Because I wasn't thinking that, uh, you know, I, in my mind, Godan, okay,
3: yeah, with you. Yeah
2: you know <laughs> yeah. but uh, from what i understand and uh, maybe this is not true but they say really the last uh, really skill level okay is like sandan okay mm-hmm. uh, and uh, our, our style that uh, you know you can progress with developing skills but yeah. when you get to sandan uh, the, the rest of what you're developing is strategy and oh, yeah. those kinds of things and or whatever skill level you have, that's like the last skill level. Like there's a difference between uh, Shodan and Nidan. Mm -hmm. Okay, when they've done all kinds of tests to see how quickly you move and reflexes and things like that. But that was always Mm -hmm. uh, interesting. So when people say, well, what do I do? You. Okay, I said, well, under Nishama, okay, I'm Nidan. Mm -hmm. And under Kanazawa, I'm Godan. No.
1: (laughs) Well, I think every organization has different views, yeah. especially on Don ranks, which yeah. can, this is why it can get confusing and why, yeah. you know, obviously people get upset with politics getting involved and whatnot. But I think that, you know, if they're looking at you and they see, okay, he's Godon level, then they obviously think that you have the skill level. That there's probably some skill progression after mm-hmm. Sandan toward Godon. I mean, if you look at a person who's a Godon and you don't think they're a Godon, it's probably because there's certain there's a skill lacking there, so... You know, I, I think maybe they, there is a skill progression after Sandon, but mm-hmm. what that is, I don't really know.
0: It's so vague in between different organizations. That's I know. an issue. Yeah. yeah. The standardization of what JK was trying to do worldwide had failed. Mm-hmm. Not because of outside mm-hmm. interference, because internal turmoil and in the system they had set up. So, unfortunately, you have that situation like job, I'm sorry, that Sam was talking about where you're ranked one way, and then you get another rank, another way, same style, but different organizations. Yeah. And then what do you do, right? Mm-hmm. 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 But that being said, um, I guess the question for that one I want to ask Nesk is, uh, most memorable part of training in the old days, what was the thing that stuck out to you the most and brought a smile to your face? Not the miserable stuff, the stuff that made you smile.
2: Well... I was always thinking, uh, let's say, especially when I trained with Yuecki, okay, that it just seemed like he was so great, okay? There wasn't anything that he did that didn't have uh, an indication that there's a skill that I sought after, okay? Even to the point where uh, he was trying to uh, drill into us, okay, an Eastern idea, okay, as opposed to a Western idea, an Eastern idea that there is uh, no room for defeat, okay? That I will uh, defeat you right now on this spot, or I will die. I will not retreat. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Western philosophy is that if I can't get you today, I'll retreat and come back and get you tomorrow, okay? <laughs> so one way he tried to coach us into that is he lined us up against the wall with our uh, rear foot against the wall. So we could feel the wall behind us Okay, and then he would come down the line and attack every one of us. Okay, and what we had to do was figure out how we could defend ourselves without going backwards. Mm. Okay, and I can't tell you how many people screamed and leaped it in the wall. Okay, uh, but he came to me and I said, no way am I going to retreat from him. <laughs> okay, so he put a wonderful round kick. Okay, and of course I went diagonally to my left which was right into the round cake. <laughs> and so as I'm laying there on the floor, oh, he says, being a mistake, never step outside round cake.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Yes. So what so, so he's saying is the way you learned lessons back in the day was memorable.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, me, very memorable. Yeah. Okay. I can remember, uh, I don't know where we got the word tumo from. Okay, But tumo, I guess meant I don't know. Do you know what two mo means? Two more. Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> does it mean it doesn't mean that in Japanese? Well, no, just what I heard. Was yeah, two more. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, well, two mo, two mo. Well, we thought that was like a fight, <laughs> fight. So, as a kind of captain of the class, when we were doing hundreds and hundreds of repetition and everybody was getting really exhausted, I was like, two mo, two mo, okay, <laughs> which was the get everybody wound up, okay, so we could do more. Mm-hmm. And so, wound up the whole class would be screaming two more, two more. Maybe it was supposed to be Yoyaki's two more. Like, oh, ten more. Uh, oh, maybe ten more. I don't like. No, ten more, please. Two <laughs> more, two more. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Awesome. Tell yeah. the tell story about um, the the finger thrust at the end of Han Godan. You're asking Yueki about that, right? About what, what that's supposed to be, the very end of Han Godan, when you're parrying and then reaching out and then moving back into um, Manjuke. Yeah.
2: yeah, well... Uh, (laughs) uh, uh, Well, this probably is more applicable to a male student, okay, than a female student, but uh, he demonstrated, okay, and uh, he had his hand uh, low like he's supposed to have it, okay, and his application was to grab uh, your testicles, (laughs) okay, and yank them off as you move backwards, okay? And that was his application, okay? But of course, there was another application. You grab the inside of the thigh and just take him down. You didn't have to, I guess you could do that if it was a lady, but you know, that was uh, mm-hmm. the demonstration we had.
1: Huh. Wasn't there a language barrier issue there, though, with explaining what it was? I remember oh, you yes, telling yes, the story about-
2: Oh, yes, 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 about... uh, he, yes. He kept wiggling his hands, and then he kept wiggling his hands like he was holding the he said, balls, balls, <laughs> balls. Okay, you wouldn't say the word testicle. Okay, I said the testicle, nice. But you go balls,
3: balls. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Yeah. Well, uh, we got we got the message. Yeah. <laughs> some things are lost in translation.
0: Yeah. Some things
1: don't get lost at all. <laughs> what What's one of the funniest things that ever occurred in your karate training? Sam always tells these crazy, funny stories and has us yeah. on our roll. Well,
2: I, I actually had uh, I was actually skiing and. Uh, uh, Innsbruck, Austria, okay? My wife and I uh, were living in Ireland this time. <laughs> and we uh, we we took a skiing, you know, we took a little holiday. I was working 24-7, but we managed to get away. So I wound up in Seoul, Austria. And I asked, you know, I always travel with my gi. I had my gear along with the skiing stuff. So I asked, uh, at, you know, uh, hello, is there a place to train karate? And the guy said, oh yes, yes. So he gave me directions at his karate school uh, in downtown and you know, mm-hmm. so I, I wind up going into this place, and I noticed as I went in, there's a big poster of Kawazawa.
3: Yeah. hmm
2: So it was a, a Shotokan club uh, affiliated with Kawazawa. So I go in there, and uh, this guy comes up and I, and I said, "Excuse me." So oh, you're American? <laughs> I said, "Yes." He said, "I said." Uh, 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 you know, I'm skiing here, but I have my karate. Geek. Could I train? He says, "Oh," he said, "Yes." Oh, but would you would you teach? I said, "No, no, no. I just want to train." He says, "Oh, no, it'd be an honor for an American to teach." So I said, "Oh, okay." He said, oh, "Where do we change?" He says, oh, "We change in here," and he points to this door. Okay, so I guess that was where you want to change. So I said, "Okay." So I go and I open the door, and the first thing I see is this lady is bent over. <laughs> with her butt, and I shut the door. I said, come back on. He said, oh, you're not, you're not changed. I said, no, 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 I'll change And I kept peeking, and uh, I see the door open, and this lady comes out, I said, okay, cool. So I go in, and I go in, I shut the door behind me, and there's about 15 people in this small room changing clothes. I said, okay, well, if they're all changing, you know, we changed in the States. So I take all my clothes off. Of course, you know, I'm naked. <laughs> Okay, and I have my gee top on, and I'm getting all fixed to put the bottom part on, and uh, I kept hearing this repetitive sound. I look around, and the man has been talking to me. And I, I look at him, I say, Oh, no, it's, no sprechen Sie Deutsch, 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 Deutsch. Okay, and what little German I knew, he said, Oh, you're American. Yes, yes. He said, Oh, my name is Hans. I say, Oh, I'm Sam. Okay, and, uh, Hey, I'm the and Ivan. Okay, and I turn around and Hello, I'm Gertrude, and I turn around, and there's a lady. She's got a top open. I got a bra, and I see this, and I leap against the wall because I have nothing on. Okay, so so she she laughed, okay, and I managed to slip my pants on, okay, my knee bottoms on. Uh, so I go out and I got my belt on, and all this, and so they're all there looking at me and they're kind of snickering. And this guy says, Oh, is this okay for you? I said, uh, It's very different. In the States, we have a separate place for men and a separate place for women. He said, No, here, no problem. All the same room, no problem. <laughs> oh so that was uh, one of the funniest things that
1: happened. Uh, Gertrude. Mm-hmm. Oh my my God. name is Gertrude. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: Awesome. I'm Wang <laughs>
1: What would you say are some of your biggest accomplishments in your years of training? You've been training for what like fif-
2: 53
1: 53 years. years now. So what would yeah. you say are some of your biggest accomplishments in training?
2: Well, I think one of the uh, biggest accomplishments was actually making kneeon. Okay in, in Ireland. Just
1: because okay. of the struggle of getting uh, to big. pass or
2: Well, it was not so much the, the test as if it was a culmination of yeah. the, uh, all those years of training. Okay, because I had aspirations of progressing, okay? But then again, I just turned 40. I had, uh, I guess, I'd I'd actually stopped uh, any type of tournament competition in the States, okay? uh, When I was 39, I was still in tournaments, you know, but I wasn't taking first, second, you know. I think the last thing I took was third place in Kata, Mm -hmm. second place in Kamite, and everybody was younger. So yeah. I said, okay. But then when I went to Ireland, I fought for another year, mm-hmm. okay. So the Irish people were great brawlers and they're great competitors, okay. But then uh, I knew time was ticking away and uh, when I made knee down, I just felt very, very, very accomplished. Yeah. And so it was a, a big thing. And now today, okay, I'm uh, over 78. Mm-hmm and I'm just thankful that I can still train. I have a place I can come up here, yes. and share mm-hmm. time with people, help, okay, if I can help, mm-hmm. okay, and to, the best the best ability I have is to keep going. So.
1: I remember growing uh, up, you would tell the story, you, you would tell us that every week you were training in your garage, and every week you would go through all 26 shotokan katas, yeah. and I always remember thinking, oh my God, how does he like find the time to go through 26 katas? Like Now I'm like, okay, it's not that, You you could do that, but I always thought that was like the most incredible thing that you reviewed every kata every week. I mean, obviously we have to do that. Well,
2: that that is really uh, an important thing. Yeah. Okay, because you'll see you'll see students at you know again yellow Mm belt, orange belt, and you'll see them go uh, through the basic hands and they make countless errors. Yeah. Okay, because they think because they've made their belt Mm -hmm. and they tested for that particular kata, that was the end. But for me. Uh, it doesn't matter. I've I've done this for fifty four years.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I can still do Hayon Showdown, mm-hmm. and there's still more to know. Yes, yeah. there's still more to know.
0: Yeah, I, I do want to interject one thing about that story: the need on accomplishment. Um, giving, thinking back in the context of the situation, the society, and the culture back then, yeah, need on for a westerner was a huge accomplishment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A huge accomplishment. Up until the mid-90s, Westerners that got sandons were thought to walk on water. Yeah. You know? Wow. So to get on in the early 80s, man, that is something that I would be proud of too. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. I understand, thinking back as a child and thinking back and watching these adult men try to to test up in Don Ranking, going out to California and testing under Ray Dowkey, coming mm-hmm. back and being denied for Nidon, sandon, and just being wrecked. Mm-hmm. Absolutely right because you see these guys for a year just that's all they trained for. yeah, you know, and they, they just had that intensity and not to get it. So yeah. I totally get that and I just want to make sure people understand that nowadays people go, oh just a knee right. yeah you know what I mean? Oh that's that's it. No, yeah, this is completely different. yeah, context.
1: yeah,
0: different context altogether. When, so.
1: when I was growing up, the the stories that we heard about Don ranking came from from you, Sam, and then from Les, and then from the other guys that trained in the dojo. And we heard these stories about how hard it was to get to shodan level. We heard you guys told us stories about people being on their shodan exam and throwing up in their gi, and people like breaking <laughs> ribs and break, getting their mouth beat up. And and we I remember hearing about how hard it was for you to get nidan level. And um, that that to me coming up through q ranks like it all it that's how we viewed don ranks because we didn't really have any exposure to the outside world we always thought oh my gosh this is like a huge deal to get to that that point and and we trained that way right. so I I don't want to lose that with our club you know that the sacredness of getting to shodan getting to nidan because right. I mean shoot you trained for how many years before you were given nidan how many years had you been training in Shotokan?
2: well I made nidan in uh, eighty two and I started in Nineteen sixty-six. Mhm. So sixteen okay, 66, years. 76. Okay.
1: years. 20, sixteen. 20, Twenty-six yeah. years. Do the math. Yeah, I don't know. Sixteen years, right? Sixty-six plus 10? 76 plus 6? We, we can't do the math. 16 years. guys. That's a That's long time. Karate. Sixteen yeah. years is a long time. Yeah. 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 I mean, and absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and and we've heard remarks from high level instructors that are like, you know, it's not what it used to be. So you making need on it yeah. nowadays would be the equivalent of like Godan Rokadon essentially. Yeah. so yeah. yeah yeah so that's it's definitely a huge accomplishment. Well
2: I didn't I didn't mention uh, you know I had uh, tested three times under Takasha, but I t- I actually tested a fourth time under Nishiyama, okay mm. at a seminar in Atlanta. Yeah okay and um, the last portion of my tests, okay I was uh, asked to coach a student that they picked out at random, and they wanted him to do a front kick, Mm -hmm. okay? And so I watched him do his front kick, and I was required to give him some pointers, okay, of how to improve his kick. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd been teaching, so I had all these different ideas of how to improve his technique. So I gave him what I thought would help him. Well, later on, when I went to find out what the results of my test were, uh, I was told that well, Nishiyama, and I was a board of like nine and you know, some big, huge, other people, you know, big instructors there, said, well, the bottom line was that uh, Nishiyama didn't believe that I knew enough about front kicking because he didn't like any of the points that I'd given kid to work on. Mm-hmm. And so I was given uh, a six-month retest, mm. okay? And I was supposed to be tested again in six months under toll, okay?
3: Yeah.
2: And uh, I never got the invitation from toll. Oh, no. No, no. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that was really my last mm-hmm. attempt in the States. Yeah. Okay, and that was probably in uh, the 90, Yeah. Okay? Then I went to Ireland.
1: That was, t- you were testing for Sondon at that point? No, or? no, no.
2: Knee down. Knee down. And 94. I was only shooting. Sure up. 84.
1: Yeah. Oh, 84. I'm sorry? What year was that?
2: It was, uh, it, did, it didn't work out. I made Knee down in 82 and I one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was so before it that. it had to be, it had to be well before that. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think.
3: Here we go. I got a question for you. I was going to ask about that. Quick, so. no. It, uh,
0: here, here's yeah. something more important besides dates yeah. and times. What keeps you
2: training? I'm above ground. Oh, <laughs> right.
0: it's, it's part of you. It is what it you is do. It is part yeah. of me.
2: It's, it's my walk in life. Okay? Oh. It's something that uh, in 66, when we went to Tannies. Mm. We went to all that place and all those guys. We finally went up in Waterville by the Sea, and uh, it was just something that spoke to me. And uh, I guess I get a feeling of accomplishment every time I get on the dojo
0: floor. And get
1: yeah. Off the floor. All
0: right. So, the next question, which is a nice question, on all is What disappoints you most about a modern karate?
1: That's a loaded question, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, or what?
0: Thought, what is disappointing about? Uh, I don't know. Do yeah. you have any? <laughs>
1: I'm
0: am leading you to the answer, I guess. Yeah. I, I didn't Do mean. Do you to have any that. disappointments
1: well, with modern uh, the modern approach?
2: Well, it seems like the uh, it, more emphasis on a uh, uh, sport. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. I don't like the. Uh, the I like the competition. Mm-hmm. Okay, but it seems like the competition today has lost. Okay, uh, the the spirit of the original competition. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay, that uh, it is more, uh, look how good I am, etc, or, or the self-judgment that what I did should, I should be rewarded for that, you know? That was a point, or this was a point, and it just seemed like the attitude, okay, is, is a lot different. Uh, I don't see, and you know, because of my age and because of my training, uh, I'm very old school, and I think there's more, more to karate, okay? Than just all these physical movements, mm-hmm. there's a development of character, a mindset, and I don't see, I don't, I don't see a lot of that cultivation. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So what are you? You said that you know you, you just love the art and you're continuing to train because you're alive. So what what inspires you to continue or to, uh, train or do you, or, where do you find inspiration for your training now?
2: Uh, the inspiration I have is something I've clung to for, uh, well, even the, all the way back to you, when he asked me what I wanted yes, to tell us this. and I told him I wanted to uh, develop a reverse punch that would break the sound barrier, mm-hmm. and uh, I just thought it would be so dynamic if I could punch and make a sonic boom, <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I shared that with... Um, not only Ueki Chikasha, a, a lot of accomplished karate people. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, I guess, because I'm older than them, they kind of smile, and, mm-hmm. Okay, but even Kanazawa told me in 98, when I told him that, he said, very good goal. And they would never go poo-poo. You know? <laughs> yeah. Poo-poo, that's impossible. You cannot punch fast from the speed of sound. But I believe uh, even at my age, there are things that I'm doing now that I can improve on, Mm -hmm. okay? And that would be a goal, to get better at what I believe I can do.
1: Yeah.
3: Awesome.
1: I'm just
0: double checking here. Um... I I got one. What's your opinion on organizations?
2: On karate organizations? Well, my opinion of karate organizations is uh, they, they're they missing the mark. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of them uh, are in the business of self-perpetuating their own existence, and they'll do uh, what they b- believe they have to do. Mm-hmm. And that's strayed from what mm-hmm. I think the original whole idea of Buddha, the whole idea of what our karate is about. OK? Uh, I've been, uh, I've seen, uh, politics, okay, rule mightily, okay, in the sense that uh, Takashi, inbred and in all his students, that it, and, and unless you were part of his organization, you weren't really, you, you knew no karate, you weren't yeah. part of anything. Yeah. I've seen that in other organizations where if you're not part of their organization, it doesn't matter who you train trained with, or where you come from, mm-hmm. uh, you, you don't have what it takes. Okay, and uh, I think that is so far from the, the point of why we train. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think uh, a lot of the organizations that I've come in contact with. In fact, I saw a little bit of it with uh, the uh, American JKA. Yeah. Okay. okay under uh, uh, Otis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even even there, uh, who was the the heavy set fellow? I want to say uh, Safar. Safar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so far. Uh, even with his attitude. And it turns out that Safar, uh, as a, a, a youth, trained with uh, Baranowski. Oh,
1: wow. Really?
2: Okay. Uh, they they were on, out of Philadelphia. Okay. Mm. And when uh, Baranowski heard of how Safar had gotten to where he'd gotten, uh, evidently his opinion of Safar's karate wasn't all that great. Mm-hmm. Okay. But then you could see even at the camps, okay, uh, not so much there as with the professional organization, but you still saw a, a little bit of that.
1: Do you think that um, karate politics has run people away from the art? Have
2: I you think noticed so. that? Yeah. yeah, I think I think so. Uh, the the politics, uh, the the politics, uh, the politics. I think are driving people away. Uh, Although it attracts certain people. I think it it attracts people with, I'll say, a a personality flaw. (laughs) (laughs) That that they feel like they want to be part of something that's aloof, elite, Uh, okay? Okay. And to me, that's not uh, what the martial arts about.
1: Yeah. So what advice or piece of wisdom would you give to someone, let's say two different pieces, to someone who's maybe just starting or they're really young in their karate career, and then also what advice would you give to someone who has trained for many, many years?
2: Okay, For the young person, okay, uh, you'll try to encourage them that what they can accomplish now can always be improved on, Mm -hmm. okay? And somehow uh, what you wanna do is cultivate uh, an attitude of you don't give up, mm-hmm. don't give up, don't quit. Yeah. Don't be a quitter, okay? Mm-hmm. You can reach inside yourself, okay? Everything that you've done, If, uh, especially with young people, if let's say you ask them to do push-ups, okay? Well, oh, we're gonna do push-ups. And you say, we're gonna do 10. And you see one student gets down there and they pop the 10 out, mm-hmm. and another is struggling to get to three, <laughs> okay? Uh, maybe one gets to five, mm-hmm. okay? Don't lose sight of the fact of what they tried to do and use that as a point of encouragement for them. Yeah. Maybe you couldn't have do two, but you did three, Yeah. okay? Clink to the fact you did three. You didn't do 10, mm-hmm. but you did three. Yeah. And you ought to feel good about that. Next time, maybe you'll be able to do four, Yeah. Mm-hmm. okay? You support them that way, that yeah. be good. For the older student, okay? <laughs> you can't stop the clock. Mm-hmm. Okay? So if you still have a desire, okay? Keep training, mm-hmm. keep training. Because you read all the reports from doctors, etc. physical exercise is good, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, I wish I'd follow some of the same advice myself, which is uh, you have to be demanding on yourself, mm-hmm. but you have to keep it in context. Yeah, That I'm over 78, mm-hmm. okay? And in reality, okay, I'm a mere shadow Okay, as far as the skill is concerned, of myself and my younger years, mm-hmm. but the fact that my heart still beats, and I still had the desire. Okay, I'd like to pass that on to a lot of the older students I know. Yeah. Okay, come on, you can do it. Like Les, mm-hmm. Les is what, four or five years younger than I am, mm-hmm. but I think uh, with the older people, uh, okay, sometimes you get involved with ego. Yeah. Okay, if you can't do it, then I don't want to do it. okay as opposed to saying i can't do it like i used to but i can still do something yeah okay and cling
3: to that
1: yeah i love that your perspective is not the like what people complain about in modern times in general is this whole like everyone's a winner and you don't take that perspective you take the perspective of celebrate what you can do push toward what you can't do yet or accept what you can do, and then continue to push forward, even if you can't get to what you can't do yet. I love it.
2: (laughs) Sonic
0: boom, boom.
1: (laughs) All right. Right.
0: Right. so I think we know your answer for this next question. So what have you been working on, Sam?
1: We always end the podcast wanting to know what you're working on in your karate.
2: Yeah. So what's the thing that you've been focusing on? Uh, Don't panic, but there's a wasp at your left foot.
1: That it. We've got wasps everywhere That's in okay. here. Okay. It's so gonna not touch the floor. The <laughs> it's Florida, uh... y'all. just gonna not touch the wasps.
2: Okay, well, my, my goal is to find ways that I can uh, actually uh, uh, recoup mm-hmm. uh, some balance. Okay. Okay, because I find that uh, I'm not, uh, I don't suffer from dementia <laughs> and I don't have Parkinson's. Okay, but because of uh, declining muscle strength, etc., I find that some things. Uh, are difficult, okay, because of balance. Okay? Yeah. I don't have a middle ear problem or any of that nature, but I would like to find different ways that I can improve, mm-hmm. okay, on my balance, mm-hmm. okay, whether it be doing, uh, I won't say going to Tai Chi, mm-hmm. but uh, slow movements I think help develop yep. strength and they may be uh, an antidote for some of my, my problems I'm having now.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Two replaced knees, right? And two well, replace hips? Have,
2: yeah, I have two replaced knees and two replaced hips. Yeah. Okay, but I have arthritis. Well, the reason for that is the arthritis, but I have a lot of arthritis in the rest of my body.
3: Yeah. So. And he
2: still shows up every other week, and he shows up for every black belt training, and he still
0: trains. And he still trains so on his own. Every, everybody who talks about, I can't do it anymore, shut <laughs> up and Give me find a break. A way.
3: <laughs> yeah. right can do can do
1: right oh, do this, do
3: yeah. Yeah.
0: you don't want to if you want to you will always yeah. find a way amen amen, amen.
1: jeremiah what are you working on
0: uh i'm working on still getting the coordination of the side snap kick and i feel like i'm making progress in my soul dachi or dachi. Mm-hmm. it's more comfortable and i'm able to control the hip action better uh, and I'm not breaking my center, so I'm not tending to lean forward with my torso. Mm-hmm. I'm staying upright and getting that. The more upright I feel, the more I feel like my back leg controls things. So that's what I'm working on. How about you?
1: I uh, didn't train as much. Well, actually, I did train on uh, trained on Tuesday, but I uh, didn't train as much this week because we had the volleyball camp. My not one two. <laughs> right. <laughs> My correction for this week was in Sochin when you're at the end, you're in a left kokusadach and you're doing that slide in with the underhand the spear block hand. with the spear hand. Yeah. yeah, and then you go into the front leg, front kick, and then step forward back leg front kick and the double like back, back fist, fist thing. Yeah. Um the mm-hmm. correction was that I need to make sure I'm get putting as much emphasis on the first back fist punchy thing as the second one, yeah, yeah. rather yes. than just placing the first one and then landing strong with the second one. So mm-hmm got to fix that and what did i work on on tuesday tuesday um
0: obviously nothing significant
1: no it was general stuff like we were we i I taught the class but i trained with with them because we had some people online and then some in class so we did uh we did like punching and kicking progressions and i was working on mostly actually i'm still working on um in a front stance especially when moving forward trying not to just push with the back leg and then float on the middle portion and then land instead Pushing with the back leg and, then when, and when my weight's in the right spot, pushing and pu- pulling with the front leg, as if you're running, how you would actually be actively More using better, both legs, right. mm-hmm. trying to actively use both legs when stepping in rather than floating in the middle. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's I'm working on.
0: Fantastic. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I know we sound like a bunch of uh, geeks when we talk about what those small things and <laughs> techniques, but uh, I think both Lauren and I both have about generally the same amount of time on the floor. and. Yeah after a certain point man if you don't either pick your technique apart mm-hmm. or try yeah. to make it encompass like add more techniques into it yeah all you're doing is doing movement you're not really progressing one way or the other yeah you got to find different ways to do that
1: well, you know what's funny to me just kind of another we're wrapping up but another side note is that You know, watching you, Sam, over the years, you always talked about, like, trying to progress and always trying to, not necessarily find something different, but trying to improve what you already know or, you know, fix any things that, uh, any, um, any bad habits or whatever. So I've always watched that type of progression, and that's what I understood karate to be. So it's really foreign to me to see people who maybe have been training as long as you have, but, you know, I think maybe you said this. Have you trained 50 years or have you trained five years 10 times? Right. I think you said that. that, I remember hearing that when I was a little kid and I was like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be that person because I see you and I see someone who's trained 50 years and maybe you've had to readjust and whatever and you've changed things about your training. But that's that's the example that was set for me growing up. So seeing... Other people who don't do that, who aren't striving, who aren't continuing, it's like, why are you even bothering to train if you're right. not trying to well, get better? The,
2: yeah, yeah, the, the motives yeah. are not true, right? They're not
0: yeah.
1: sure.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting because you would you could tell, well, when you go to a place and you watch people train, mm-hmm. yeah. okay, you can you can tell that, well, they've trained 10 years, or no, they've trained five years two times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. okay. And you, you can see, of how they develop their skill. Yeah. Okay. In fact when you're actually uh, let's say if I've done a guest a guest spot training mm-hmm. okay, you can watch people doing the warm up yep. and you can watch some of the first basic movements and you can kind of tell where that person is yeah. and structure your class
3: yeah, yeah. okay yeah. for
2: each person even though it's group training mm-hmm. okay they say well you know you're shouting out the command for everybody yeah. but uh, you can recall from what I was teaching at lesser's club mm-hmm. what was the one thing I said at the end of the class
1: take something take something when you leave
2: or... take something with yeah. you mm-hmm. and if you can't take something with you talk to me and I'll give you something to take. I'll give you something <laughs> to take. Yeah, no, I'm even, you know, I don't you know no, am sure he but, got that way yeah, sometimes. Yeah. That well, was a way to... Have people leave with something in mind to train with. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So hopefully listening to this podcast, you've left with something. And if you haven't left with anything, send us a message and we'll give you something to leave with. No, you're
0: about to leave with something right now. Sam, Mm -hmm. I want to take this time and and just express how thankful I am you're part of this communication or this community. How much you invest your time not only in us, but our students, our parents. Yeah. I mean, everything, dude. You got less back on the floor. Yeah, you got Chris coming back yeah. you you are a, a catalyst for our community to grow yeah. and from the deepest part of my heart I want to say thank you because a lot of the success we're experiencing now is because of the road work that you laid in the past oh, yeah, and the fine. continued service <laughs> that you do for us in our community um, I truly believe that Florida Karate the way I know it would not be the same without you and I want to say thank you man
2: well thank you Thank you very
1: much. The man yeah. behind it well, all. <laughs>
0: yeah, well, you know, a lot of people, they want to be in front of the cameras and some people just want to be in the backgrounds. And I think they Sam is train. one of those guys that really enjoys being around the backgrounds and genuinely and sincerely growing something and providing something without a desire, or not not even a, an open desire to, to benefit from it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do it to get money or to get acknowledgement. He does it because he wants to and he loves it. Yeah, He shares the love and and that's a rare quality that people don't put a lot of value in. And I think that's what makes us special is because we value the things that you can't put money on. You can't, you know, put a price on, you know. We have so many of these guys that are part of our dojo that in their own way make it 10 times better. And we can't do nothing to make them better. Yeah. You know, and uh, thank you. Sam. Just thank to you put very into
1: much. perspective, Sam is sitting here in our dojo wearing our dojo shirt. So <laughs> yeah, <exactly. Yes. laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Sam, and thank you guys for listening. Um, if you like the podcast, give us a rating or whatever. I don't know where our ratings are, but if there's a place to rate us, rate us only five stars. If it's less than that, just go away.
0: No. Um, <laughs> and if not,
1: you have something positive to on. say to Sam, comment hold that on. too.
0: See, she's an absolutist. <laughs> I'm not. I'm a I'm a opportunist. Anything less than a to three star out of a five star, forget about it. But if you got a four star, four and a half, you I have mean,
1: to strive for greatness. Five no, stars only. I don't
0: listen. It's not about greatness, it's about how many people like us. <laughs> so let's not eliminate some good stuff. That's all I'm saying. Love
2: your neighbor. <laughs> <laughs> Love your neighbor awesome. like yourself. Let that, let that be your guiding light. Sam, thank you so much, man.
1: Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.